Hey, Beers and Ears listeners, Casey and Matt here. You've heard us talk about our partner, Riss and Cal. You know, we've touched on their wireless earbuds, which connect right to your smartphone. But they've also got a lot of other great stuff as well. I use their 4-in-1 charging station every day. It can charge my phone, a smartwatch that charges with a magnet, and even my earbuds. You can also check out their Bluetooth selfie stick, a 3-in-1 charger, and even a silicone accessory kit that comes in either black or white. Yeah, you know, this company checks the two boxes that I love in a product, which is great quality product without having to pay an arm and a leg. I've been playing around with the accessory kit. So this comes with uh, rubber things for the earbuds so they don't fall out of my ears and things to hold the earbuds so they stay in. I always have a terrible time with that, and these uh, work like a charm. So go to fourfrills.com slash shop and use coupon code BEERS, B-E-E-R-S. You'll get 15% off your order, plus a free $10 gift of your choice when you spend $50 or more. And if you have trouble picking just one thing, they've even got a 31-piece bundle that includes everything. Don't forget that a portion of their profits will go to help local charities in need. Let's get started with the show. Welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. Here are your hosts, Casey Woolley and Matthew Brown. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. I am Casey. And I'm Matt. I am pretty sure that, Casey, this is the most excited about an episode that you've been. I have not been this excited since the Splash Mountain episode. I'm being very honest with you, Matt. Um, So a little bit of history on this one. Who Framed Roger Rabbit is the ep- is the the show the movie that we are discussing today. I've known Matt now for going on three years, and I was shocked to learn that he had never seen Who Framed Roger Rabbit. It is one of my absolute all time favorite, not only Disney movies but movies of all time. Uh, mainly because it's one of the very first movies that I remember going to see as a kid. In fact, other than Baby's Day Out. Uh, which was another one I saw when I was a kid. Um, this is one of the only movies that I can remember seeing as my at, at my earliest. I want to say I was five, four or five when this movie came out. I think it came out in 88. So at five years old when this movie came out, I remember my aunt Betty took me to see this movie. Uh, she has since passed away. Um, but she went to take me to see this movie. See this movie. It was a Casey and uh, Aunt Betty movie. We stopped at a restaurant called Holly by Golly's was the name of the restaurant we went to <laughs> and, and, ate, and ate food. And then she wanted to see it because, as you guys all know, Betty Boop is in the movie. Boop, boop, and her name was Betty, and she used to go boop, boop, bee doop. And so I have such amazingly fond memories of this movie with my Aunt Betty. Uh, so when I had heard that you had not seen it, I I was like, all right, that's it. We're doing a movie review because just like we did with Pinocchio that, I, Pinocchio that I'd never seen, it's time to do this on your end, my friend. <laughs> yeah, and, and this is where the shoe's on the other foot because we've now done two episodes of movies that I have seen that you haven't. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, but... I have probably seen more movies than you have. I, I'm, a, I'm a movies guy. I, I love movies. I would agree. Yes. And so so honestly, it's a little bit hard to find movies that I haven't seen that you have. And this was one of them. Yes. And and again, because it's one of those movies, I mean, I had it on the other night. So I turned it on because I knew we were doing this episode. And as I was telling you off air, 
I didn't even have to watch it intently. It was on in the background and I, I knew what was going on in the scene just by what was going on. And, and Nate's on the couch and I'd just sit there and I'd rattle off the next three or four lines. He's like, would you stop that please? Cause I can, I can, this movie, I can nail just cause again, I've seen it so many times and, and, and it, in my opinion is, and we use this phrase a lot in a couple of episodes a while ago, it is a quintessential Disney movie. And I don't know if you've seen the documentary, a uh, waking sleeping beauty that came out in 2010. Have you seen that? I have not. Okay. It's on Disney plus. Now they finally put it on Disney plus. It's a two hour documentary. You need to watch it. Uh, who framed Roger rabbit plays a huge part in that because this is one of the movies along with little mermaid and the great mouse detective that is credited with saving Disney animation. So it has a huge, huge part in Disney history as well. So I've done a lot of talking. I want to start, Matt. What are your overall impressions of the movie? Okay, so I almost have to start with my impressions before I've seen this movie. So I don't okay. know where this came from. It, it I, I honestly don't know because I nobody told this to me. But I had this view for the longest time that this movie was like, dirty I like or bad or like not something that I wanted to see um and, I, and again yeah, I don't know yeah. why I, I gotta say I'm not bad I'm just drawn that way <laughs> yes no, I'll, I'll accept the joke that's fine that's fine uh so so it, I never like saw it because I had this connotation behind it of like yeah I don't need to see that and so, so I kind of went into it with like this, I'm probably not going to like this movie. I'm going to go on this podcast and talk about how, yeah, there's some, there's some cool stuff in there, but it, it's fine. I have to say, I don't know if I am to the level that you're at, but this is a pretty dang good movie, right? The premise behind it is so well set up that it starts where you're watching old timey or not an old timey, but you're watching a classic cartoon and then he yells cut and you get into this world where tunes and humans live together and they build that world so well. And so the the premise is amazing. I I love it. And so often with movies like this, where you have animation and, uh, people crossover, live action crossover. You watch them 30 years later, 40, 50 years later, and you go, oof, this, this, this hasn't aged well. This, this ages pretty well from an animation standpoint. Like they do yeah. a really nice job at pretty seamlessly making everything look pretty natural. Again, you're, you're never going to have it perfect, but it was, it was it was pretty pretty well done. So I, before you continue, so I, I just want to lay out some groundwork here for a second. So again, 1988 when the movie debuted. You know, obviously they had been working on it for I want to say close to two to three years before that point, right? So this is pre digital uh, digital light magic. This is uh, pre any computer graphics, pre Toy Story, pre any any mixture of computer animation and 
in live action. All of this was hand-drawn animation that had to be inserted onto the live action footage. There was no green screens with this. It was drawn on to the film cells. So every time you see an interaction, and the, and the one that I'm, I'm reminded of, because I actually have the DVD of this movie and I've seen the, 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 the behind the scenes stuff on the movie. Every time, the, the scene that I'm reminded of is the scene inside the Ink and Paint Club where the octopus is behind the bar and he's juggling the glasses and the bottles and all the different stuff. All of those props were hung by string, by wire, and moved actually as a practical effect. And then the, 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 the octopus was drawn later to make it look like he was handling those things. So when you think about that, it blows my mind. The second thing I want to say here is this. It was directed by Robert Zemeckis. You know what else he directed? All the good movies. <laughs> Back to the Future Man, seriously. It was produced by Steven Spielberg. So Steven Spielberg came in and produced this alongside Robert Zemeckis. And the reason why that's a big deal is because Spielberg had just released uh, Rescuers Down Under the year before, which took out and tanked. The, um, the amount of effort they did on the Great Mouse Detective, which was one of the reasons why Disney was struggling, was during that period they did all this work on the Great Mouse Detective, which was this phenomenal work. But then suddenly Great Mouse Detective or uh, Rescuers Down Under comes on board and starts to compete with that. So to have Steven Spielberg on board was a huge deal. So, again, just think about it from that time period. They were at this point in time, they had artists who were who were drawing this was being drawn in London, England. And at the same time, the other artists, the rookie artists, you know what they were working on while the best artists were working on this? The What's Little that? Mermaid. The Little oh, Mermaid. yeah. I mean, Little Mermaid comes out a year later. Like, exactly. this is this is the be beginning of this whole renaissance. Exactly. So I just, I want to make sure we frame it in that context. Because, again, like you said, this movie ages really well. And I think part of the reason why this movie ages as well as it does is it's a period piece. So period pieces, it's very hard not to age well because we're already going back in time. And they do the 1940s really well. You know? Yeah, absolutely. It is It is a very like film noir, crime drama. Um, I'll yep. admit the plot is a little disjointed, but I don't know if that's I'm so spoiled with how fleshed out plots are now that I look back at any movie that was made 30, 40 plus years ago and go, ah, this plot just doesn't seem as as good. The, the movie itself is actually based on a book called Who Censored Roger Rabbit? And the book is actually much darker and, and they did wash and sanitize the movie quite a bit to, to make sure it could fit into that Disney mold. I still, and I'd have to go back and look, and I don't even know if PG 13 would have been around at this point. Cause that came later. I, I do believe that this, this was for sure a PG, maybe a PG 13 movie, which is unusual for anything Disney animated. Yeah. Um, well, and it, and it did know. come out under the touchstone pictures banner, Correct. which was kind of Disney's adult thing. It's, it's very funny. We have an old Disney trivia game from like 1996. And every time I pull it out, I'm like, Oh, this is going to be fun doing some Disney trivia. And like 60% of the questions are like in touchstone pictures, insert movie you've never heard of. What? <laughs> like, and you're just like, what, what is this? Yeah. I think they have since closed that studio down. I don't think they do touchstone anymore if i'm not mistaken i i um, think disney realized they could release 
not a, a adult films, but more mature films under the Disney name and people are still fine with it. You know, one of the things I got to say too, you had mentioned the, the, the cartoon at the beginning, you know, and, and what I think is so funny about the cartoon at the beginning is that this was before Disney was known for putting those animated shorts in front of their movies. And so it, it almost begins like an animated short in front of a movie that's coming out, you know? Mommy's going to the beauty parlor, darling. But I'm leaving you with your favorite friend, Roger. He's going to take very, very good care of you. Because if he doesn't, he's going back to the science lab. So yeah, I, just, I just think the irony there. So, all right. So let's talk characters for a second. You know, one of the things we like to talk about is who are our favorite characters. Who was your favorite character in the movie and why? I mean, this is probably a very cliche answer, but I really liked Roger Rabbit. I think because, again, this is going to sound very weird, but I identified with him. I'm a very fun person. I like to make people laugh. I like to be the person that's causing people to laugh. And that's kind of his whole purpose in life. He was like, if, if I can't make people laugh, what am I doing? He risks his personal safety. I don't know if I'd go that far, but um, he's, he's trying to make people laugh and make the world a more fun place. So I, I, I just, I resonated with that character. Um, one of my um, favorite scenes with him is when he's got the file going through his uh, ears. He's going, hoo, 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 hoo. <laughs> it, just, it just cracks me up so much. The the actor, the voice actor who actually plays him, Charles Fleischer, uh, he actually, something really unique about him, he would actually, he made an entire Roger Rabbit costume that he would wear while voice acting so he could get into the part. Yeah, that's awesome. And and I think we also have to mention how many cartoon characters there are in this movie. Yep. If you wanted a movie where you could see Mickey Mouse and Bugs Bunny on the same same screen, this is it. And again, this is this is not some uh, you know, cut rate we got uh, uh, B-list voice actors to do it. Mel Blanc is voicing Bugs Bunny. There's a yep. Daffy Duck part where Daffy Duck and Donald Duck are performing. <laughs> Does anybody understand what this duck is saying? But you are despicable. Speech impediments. <laughs> this means war. <laughs> What'd you think of that part? Oh, that uh, excellent. And it's, excellent. True, it's true Donald of it's true Donald of the 1940s back when he was really, really mischievous and 
I mean, frankly, somewhat evil. I mean, and, and true Daffy too, with how, how absolutely like bat, you know, what crazy he was back in the 1940s, you know, mm-hmm. you, know you can just see that in the, in the, in the show, you know? And so something fun about that, a couple of things. First, I know you're a huge Fantasia fan. Did you catch the broomsticks using oh, broom yeah. to sweep up the stuff? Yes. Broomsticks. Uh, I, I, I listed off as, as many as I could see. So like characters uh-huh. that I saw, I saw, I mean, Dumbo obviously is one of the easiest ones to get. Cause he, it's yep. directly referenced in the movie, the sorcerer's broom, a bunch of other Fantasia characters, Br'er Bear is in there. The Mary yep. Poppins penguins. Um, Which I think got... are brilliant as the waiters, by the way. Yes. I, um, I some, on the rocks and i mean ice i just pull up that line so um you see jiminy cricket and the three little pigs um uh this is kind of a one that not many people would know but um in the 1940s uh disney was doing all those anthology films because of the war and they did a peter and the wolf one um uh-huh. and so peter from peter and the wolf is actually in the movie Yep. that was animated um big bad wolf i saw bambi i saw so uh, i mean we we mentioned mickey and and uh, and and bugs bunny and all that like it's they they really went all out in this in this kind now, of did you process. did you notice how um mickey mouse and bugs were shown in a scene together and donald duck and daffy were shown in a scene together did you notice that yes i did there's a reason for that so when they were negotiating getting the rights to use the Warner Brother characters, Warner Brothers said, yes, this sounds great, but we have one stipulation. Our two biggest assets, in this case, Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck, they need to have equal screen time as your two biggest assets. So that is why they put Mickey Mouse and Bugs Bunny together. Now, you'll notice when Mickey and Bugs are falling the first character you see briefly before you see bugs is Mickey, right? Yeah. There's a reason that you see that there's a scene very early on. I just caught this in this last viewing where bugs bunny, when, when Eddie's walking out of RK maroon studio bugs walks right behind the red car line for a brief 1.5 second snapshot. I didn't never seen him until that point. That was the extra about one second of time that bugs got while Mickey was on screen by himself falling. So you will notice they are on the screen equally, just like Donald and um, uh, Daffy are on the screen equally. They don't have any additional screen time over one another. Interesting. And mm-hmm. one thing I want to say about this movie too, is the premise is clever and it's also written very cleverly. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I put, there was a, a newspaper headline in uh uh, Eddie Valiant's office where it's goofy cleared of spy charges. <laughs> that's, that's just funny. And then the, the, the nephew rescue where uh, Huey, Dewey and Louie found and, and returned to, to their home. And like, that's just clever. And yep. the, the other thing that they mask really well is when you know the, the, the whole plot gets running when Eddie Valiant uh, film or, photographs jessica rabbit and marvin acme playing patty cake and the pictures are them of like literally playing patty cake like that's 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 clever
cake, comfort son. You're not the first man his wife baked patty cake on him. That's really clever because all the adults know what's going on, but all yep. if you're a kid watching it, you have no clue. Oh yeah, no, it absolutely is. In fact, I think you can respect the movie more as an adult than you probably can as a kid. I mean, as a kid, I saw it for the cartoons. I loved the cartoons. You don't really understand the plot completely until a little bit later, right? I mean, all the little quips, all the different things that are said, you know, like even when he has RK Maroon in it, the, the second time around when he goes in to find out what the connection is and, and he takes RK Maroon by the tie and says, I'm going to edit out the parts that I don't like and puts him in the editing machine. Like just little things like that are so well done. And, and you know, if you've not, you know, I've seen it such a million times that, you know, obviously, again, spoiler alert, you realize that Jessica Rabbit is not part of the bad guys, but she plays the part so well, whether it's when she goes to find uh, find Eddie and in that scene where she goes, you know, I'm not bad. I'm just drawn that way. And she's got her arms around him or when, you know, her when, when Eddie and, and Dolores come out of the apartment and she's still in the car and she's looking on and she's got a look of like she's doing something bad or nefarious they do a really good job of setting her up as a red herring you don't know how hard it is being a woman looking the way i do yeah well you don't know how hard it is being a man looking at a woman looking the way you do you really you know that there's something wanky or wonky about the judge but you don't know what it is now did you know that he would end up being the tune at the end? I I I, I kind of saw it coming. Okay, uh, like I, I, know I, you knew, I know you knew he was Judge Doom when we, you know, when we did the Diz Games challenge. I knew you knew of the character. I was just curious to know if you knew that he would have ended up being the tune that killed Eddie's brother. I didn't realize he'd be the tune that killed Eddie's brother. I had sensed he was a tune based on how he interacts with the dip. Okay. So, I mean, he had to put the big rubber glove on. And okay. then um, the other one is when it spills in the bar, he jumps out of the way and and is clearly like somewhat frightened by it. And even just they do a nice job of making the look of Judge Doom. Him as the judge. So, you know, and, and then him and being the tune that, you know, ends up, you know, killing Eddie's brother. All of the all of the stuff that's ever been written about Roger Rabbit, you know, we've got 30 plus years since this movie's been out, and and it is seen on on list after list after list as one of the most terrifying moments of a millennial kid's childhood. Remember me, Eddie? When I kill your brother, I talk. Right up there with the reveal of Large Marge from Pee-wee's uh, Big Adventure. Yep. Just how scary of a villain he is. I mean, I looked over to Nate as we were watching the movie. By that point, he was up. He wasn't laying on the sofa anymore. He was up. He was sitting up. And I just looked over, and he kind of had a shiver go down his spine. He goes, this he goes, this thing gave me nightmares as a child. Like, it's he's, he's what the Wicked Witch of the West was to our parents' generation, you know? Oh, yeah. I'll get you, my pretty, and your little dog, too. <laughs> Is, he's just a freaky villain, and with that giant saw and the daggers for eyes. You know, Nate called that out. He was like, just got that reference. He's got eyes for daggers, you know? And and it just, he, he truly plays that villain so well. You had mentioned the shoe. So I've got a little piece of trivia here for you. I want to see if you can figure this out. Oh, so the goodness. shoe 
the shoe that he dips to show off the dip. Do you know who voices the shoe? Oh, um, you're going to be blown away when you hear this. Uh, I have no idea. And I have Wikipedia uh, uh, pulled up and I'm trying to scroll through it. <laughs> it's okay. All I'm going to do, I'm going to give you a hint. Eat my short. Oh, it's, um, oh, oh, I know this. I know this. I know this. It is, um, um, Nancy Cartwright. It is Nancy Cartwright, the voice of Bart Simpson. Because of her role doing that shoe, the, the, the creators of the Simpsons, um, uh, I think it's Matt Groening, heard it and auditioned her for the voice of Bart Simpson. That's awesome. Uh, that and, and of course, she's been doing that role for yeah. 30 plus years. Right, right. Okay, so, you know, we've, we've kind of gone all over the map here. We're 22 minutes or so into the episode. Did you have any high points and or low points of the movie? I know you had mentioned that the plot was a little hard to follow somewhat, but what, I mean, high point of the movie, low point of the movie, anything you want to add to that? The high point of the movie to me is, is just how well done it is. And I think you, you, you don't go into this movie thinking it's going to be that well done. It, it, you just don't. And I don't know why, again, I, 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 it's that connotation that I had going into it, but I was genuinely surprised this movie and my, my stipulation for any movie of like, is this a good movie? I asked myself the question of, will I watch this again? Mm-hmm. And the answer is yes, I would watch this again. I absolutely. And, and so to me that, that must mean it, it had some merit as a good movie. I mean, don't get me wrong. We all have that bad movie that, that we know is bad, but we still love to watch and we don't care. But Mm -hmm. for the most part, if I want to watch a movie again, it must be because it's a good movie. Um, This is maybe an awkward thing to say. I don't know how I feel about Jessica Rabbit. Okay. Because the, the words sexy and cartoon are not like words I'd like combining in a sentence. (laughs) But like that's just like that's just those are words I try to avoid in the same sentence. But the animators did such a great job with it that they really make her this sultry character, and and so while while it it, it feels a little uncomfortable, it's really it's really well done. Well, now you see why I put her. You know, when we did our top ten episode a few weeks back now you see why I kind of put her as a top 10 Disney character because she is so vastly different than any other Disney character you come across. Yeah. So, I mean, my advice for someone who has not seen this movie, maybe you're a a Disney fan where this one kind of has lost your radar because, you know, you you don't see it as true Disney or or whatever the the reasoning may be. Absolutely. Check this movie out. It's awesome. I, I, interestingly enough, I have a piece of merch that is Roger Rabbit uh, for having never seen the movie. Yes. Um, So a while back during the Splash Mountain episode, I posted my little Splash Mountain, um, like uh, Disneyland 40th anniversary look through viewfinder thing. And they had a Roger Rabbit one and I have it from the, the tune car spin that's in Mm -hmm. uh, Disneyland. So I have a Roger Rabbit and Benny the car that has a a viewfinder of, of the ride. So that's a, for having never seen the movie, it's hilarious that I have merch from it. Yeah, no, but you know what? I've got merch sitting over here from movies that I've either not seen or have seen one time, but never was a big fan of. So, I mean, you just start to collect some of it over the years. 
And and that is an interesting thing. There, the merch for this movie sells really well. We had a shirt yeah. at the Disney store last year, and we couldn't keep it in stock. It, nope. We put it out, and people were like, "Roger Rabbit, I want this." Yep. Well, it's got a it's got a place in the hearts of so many millennials, myself included. It's it's uh, I mean, it's not a princess movie. It's half and half tune and in live action, but it's got a play. I would imagine there are many people like myself out there who have the fond memories of going to see this in the theaters and, and being taken into a world where cartoons and, and, and cartoons or animation and live action can exist in the same universe. Right. And it's, yeah, and, and it really has that. It, it's really the last of its kind where, you know, where, you know, they start any, any time really after this, where they put the two together, you've, you've got computers that have done it. And this is one of those times where it, it's still the hand-drawn animation and there's just something magical about doing it. I mean, it's, it's almost the same way that, you know, that the penguins and Mary Poppins were, were drawn live action with Dick Van Dyke and, and, and Julie Andrews. It just is something magical about that. You know, that's one of the reasons why I was so excited when Mary Poppins returns came out, they, I don't know if you realize with Mary Poppins Return, they did hand-drawn animation for all the animation in that too. They didn't do computer animation because they wanted to have oh, yeah, the yeah. feel of 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 just the old school, old school feel. So 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 Matt, um, as we've done with every other movie review, now keep in mind this is the first movie review that we've done that's not one of the Disney animated classics or Pixar animated classics. On a scale of one to ten, where do you put this? I, I always have to be careful with this question because we're going to review so many movies that I can't shoot myself in the foot on on um, like making everything the same rating. But I mean, I got to say this is north of a seven, in between a seven and an eight for me. Um, okay. right. I, I, I wouldn't say it is in my like top 10 movies, but again, would I watch it again? Absolutely. 100% without question. Mm-hmm. What about for you? Uh, an 11. <laughs> this, this is, I mean, this is, this is my 100% one of my top, top, not just top 10, not just top five. This is number one for me. Uh, number one, number two, when it comes to, I mean, you know, obviously you can't rank it up there with the animated classics. They're a little bit different, but this is one of those movies that again, I can put on know exactly where I am in the movie at all times. It's a comfort movie. It takes me back to a time in my childhood where I feel safe. I feel loved. I I feel comfortable. I feel magic, you know, and again, think about it, Matt, you know, my history, I didn't go to Disney world for the first time until 2010. This was really my first exposure to Disney before anything else. This was, this was my entry point into Disney. So I think there's a reason why it it ranks as an 11 for me. um, Just, just because. So when you go to Disneyland, finally, are you oh, like ecstatic? You have to go no on idea. Yes, yes. <laughs> ride the Roger Rabbit ride. I didn't even realize they had one until a couple of years ago, and I heard about it. I'm like, what? So yeah, you better believe I'm checking out Toontown over there and and riding the Roger Rabbit Roger Rabbit ride, even though it's probably not nearly as good as 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 everyone says it is. But I'm sure. It's I, I actually hear that it holds up pretty well, to be honest good. with you. Good. Well, Matt, this has been an amazing review. I'm looking at the clock. It is closing time here, my friend. Um, how, if anybody wants to get a hold of us to give us their thoughts, how are they able to do that? 
Absolutely. So beers and ears, 1928 at gmail.com is our email. Let us know what you think about who framed Roger Rabbit. Let us know what movies you think are your number one, whatever you want. You just want to drop it and say, hi, we're happy to do that. Uh, we got a Facebook group, beers and ears podcast, join on up, uh, interact with other listeners and us, uh, and Twitter and Instagram beers, ears, 1928. You can tweet at us or send us a message on Instagram. We we'd love to hear from you. Um, and don't forget to rate and review us five stars, leave a review. It really does help us out when you all do that. So just take 30 seconds to a minute, just as you're listening to the podcast and, and hit five stars and leave a, leave a glowing review. Yeah. And share us with your friends and family too. That's an important thing as well. You know, the more people we get listening to the podcast, the more we go up in our, uh, our searches and the more people are able to find us, which is, which is really good. So don't forget that our episodes release every Tuesday and Friday, you'll get a new episode from us. Um, at this point, guys, I just want to say thank you very much for being along with us on this ride and we'll see you the next time we have a show. Have a great day. See you. See you everybody. See you.